get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time Warp. Time Warp. It's Flashback Week on 101 ESPN. Now here's another great moment from the 1980s. by Randy Clark. This goes to the short man, Roy Green. He might score. 30, 75 yards. He finally burned him. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker, and it is great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and visit with one of our all-time favorites from the 1980s. The great Roy Green is with us. Roy, it's good to have you with us. How's it going? Oh, just great, Randy. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, and uh, I was thinking as I heard that Pat Summerall call, he said, I don't think they're going to catch him. I don't think anybody ever caught you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. That's what I really ever don't want anything ever to happen. And and even now these days, I always make sure when I see my friend uh, uh, Eric Dickerson (laughs) and (laughs) guys like that who I've seen that uh, Daryl Green have came back and caught, so I still – talk about those guys how can you let somebody you're supposed to be so fast and you let somebody come from behind and catch you so (laughs) Roy what was it like for you tell us about the day where coach Hannafin came to you and said I want to put you at wide receiver what was your thought process when he said that you know what it was uh difficult well not really difficult uh I used to after practices always go out and catch balls and mess around with uh Theotis uh, Brown and uh, OJ, <laughs> you know, we run against each other, catch balls and all this kind of things. And also, about a few days before that, Theodis had said to Coach Hannison, said, Man, Coach, I'm telling you, Roy, Roy could be a receiver. You know, that day everybody just kind of laughed. But a few days after that, uh, Coach Hannison came to me and said, Roy, you know what? I, first of all, I need some help because everybody was hurt. At that time, we didn't have the five receivers coming out on the team. We only had about three guys that were active, and one was going to be inactive, and one was built up, I mean, beat up a little bit. So he said, hey, I need some help. And I go, man, I love it. So he said, I'm going to let you try it. We're going to see it. Uh, We were playing the the Cowboys, actually, that game. And uh, so I went out. uh, He just told me, you got one play, and that's to run, run fast as you can and go catch it. So that was very easy. And uh, against Cowboys in the second half, I had an opportunity to go out, and I had my first ball. I caught it. And, you know, uh, the next week, Coach Hannafin came to me on Monday after practice and said, hey, you're playing next week, and, you, and you're going to start. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, we, uh, so that next week against uh, Washington uh, was my first game starting at uh, – wide receiver I had a good uh, and I remember I had I think I had a, yeah I had a touchdown and I caught a few balls over 100 yards and uh, from that day on I was 
called a receiver. <laughs> and in that game against Washington, didn't you pick off a pass too? Caught a touchdown pass and picked one off. Yes, I did. Yeah, Theismann uh, late in the game. Uh, I was playing my at that time. I was playing a little bit on both sides, and uh, the nickel uh, group said would run out against the passes and uh, came out playing my safety position and got a pick late in the game and didn't realize that at that time, I think it was over 25 or maybe 30 years before someone had done it. So it was, it was pretty uh, amazing to me. Roy, after you made the transition, you and Neil Lomax, your quarterback, had such a great connection. Lomax to green is what everyone was saying here in St. Louis. When did you know that you two had that special connection? No, very early in time. Uh, uh, I think primarily is when uh, our, our coach, our coordinator, uh, oh, my God, I, I just went blank. Is it Rod Dahlhauer? Dahlhauer, yes. Oh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> he came over that year for our offensive coordinator, and this guy was a stickler. And he came to an offseason. Uh, he's going to be a coordinator. And at that time, we didn't have offenses. I mean, yeah, offseason uh, groups come out and work together. <laughs> but he made me. Neil and myself come together every day, five days a week during all season. And, you know, we worked and we talked about the new way we're going to, you know, run routes, uh, how we're going to be a little uh, aggressive offensively throwing the ball. He said, hey, we might even throw the ball 25 times this year. <laughs> you know, of course, we thought that was what? That's unbelievable. 25 balls. But of course, you know, they throw 50 times a game now. But Anyway, so we had an opportunity to stay together and uh, work a lot together. So we knew everybody else's movements, what we thought we knew. Both of us knew about the offense, what everybody's going to do. And we learned more about defense together. So it was a, I think we were an advantage of the fact that we spent so much time together and knew how each other thought. Uh, thought. Roy, it's amazing to me that here we are all these years later, let's see, 84, 94, 04, 14. So we're 37 years now beyond that 1984 season. And even with the game changing the way it has, only 32 seasons of more yards in NFL history than your 1,555 in 1984. What an unbelievable season that was. Oh, man, that was unbelievable. As I said, I think it was a lot of the cost of, you know, uh, Dahauer first and foremost, this guy was a, in my mind, he was a uh, he was a genius, uh, you know. And of course, he learned from uh, Coriel, uh, uh, him and uh, Coach uh, Coach uh, from Washington. Uh, Coach Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs. God, I'm, I'm I'm going so old now, but they they worked so much together and knew about offense football. Then a lot of people was always talking about running the ball, how important it was. But some of those guys knew that, it's, you know, with some dynamic guys at receiver that you can that you can make some uh, uh, hay, so to speak, that you can move the ball, you can score, you can make change the way the, the game is being played. And I think that particular season we did because we threw it everywhere. We had good receivers, you know, with Tilly and a tight end with, uh, Marsh was playing, and, and we used all each one of us. And the fact that uh, it was so many of us guys that we could use, and OJ in the backfield, OJ even caught like fifty some passes 
which was unbelievable for us back that time. So we moved the ball a lot, and the fact that everybody was used it made it even easier for me. So uh, I think that's why we were pretty good offensively. And, Roy, the late, great Jim Hannafin told me on more than one occasion he thinks if you guys would have gotten another win in that 84 season and made the playoffs, that you were better than Chicago, that you were better than San Francisco, he thinks that you guys would have gone to the Super Bowl. There's no question in my mind we were going to win that Super Bowl. There was no question. And without or if not having three of the worst, worst calls we had in Washington of that game, we would have won. And, and really, more importantly than that, was about two weeks or before we had the worst call against the uh, Cowboys uh, that we would have won a game and won that, di- that division. And if we'd won that division went on, there's no way anyone's going to stop us. Because for some reason, Chicago... Uh, the Bears and us, we we acted. I mean, we were we were very good against those guys because they wanted to blitz. Uh, they wanted to get after people, and for us, we love people to come after us because on uh, our offensive line we're very capable of uh, protecting. And unbelievable was OJ, who was the importance for us because no backs could really block uh, the tight end. I mean, not the tight. I'm sorry could block the middle linebacker with Sing Sing, as we call, and Dent and those big guys on the end because you had to have a back to be able to block those guys. And that's why that 46 was so uh, dangerous against everyone else. But for us, we loved it. So we'd had that opportunity to go back during the, and make the playoffs. I think we were going to run it all the way. All right, Roy, you, you brought it up. So I, I'm going to lay the groundwork here of that cowboy situation because it bothers me to this day. We're in July of 2021. It shouldn't bother me this much, but it does. And there's a, a Twitter site. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's called Big Red STL. And I asked Bob Underwood, the guy who runs it, if he would show that clip of that alleged offensive pass interference against you. Five minutes left against the Cowboys. You catch a 37-yard touchdown pass. And you get called for pass interference. Take us through it. Oh, you've seen it, oh. <laughs> man. This is the uh, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm, I'm really I'm burning up right now. <laughs> uh, it was so simple. I mean, they came after us. We knew, as I said, we love people blitz coming after us, uh, and we always know. I mean, because I said Neil and I, we've always watched and knew when people were going to come after us and what we do. So even before the snap, I knew this is touchdown. And as I made my move and saw that uh, uh, Everson was going to try to grab me, <laughs> excuse me, and he tried to, but of course I avoided him around and he and he he reached out and got his hands on me, but not enough to stop me. And you know went out and touched it and I mean scored and was so happy and excited and said to myself, "We got it." As I come back, I see a flag, and I'm thinking, what happened? Who did what? <laughs> and the official called holding for me. Uh, I wish I could tell people some of the words I said, but I didn't. <laughs> but uh, that was the most unbelievable call against any receiver to call for uh, in- interference. It-, it was just unbelievable. And I think you told me one time, didn't Everson Walls apologize to you for that call? 
almost every time we talk, he tells me. <laughs> he makes sure that he was, reminds me. I don't know if he's if he wants to be mean or is, or is he apologizing because he always said, he says, man, I'm so unbelievable. He said, I even, as a matter of fact, he even said it after the game <laughs> when they asked him. He even said, I, hey, I thought, well, I was trying to grab him, so I thought I got called for it, and, and, and they called it for him, and he was unbelievable. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I just keep wondering for all these years, I always wondered, you know, what was that really about? Who did it and why? That's America's team, Roy. That was America's oh, team. Man. That's that's what got us. Man, that, well, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it. I'm, <laughs> I'm still I can't believe that it, this has affected me for all this time. It's still just ruin. Yeah, I'm hurt right we, now. We really need, hurt. Yeah, you and I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've used. I've gotten it. I've done everything. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has got me well. Nothing's gotten me well. Boy. Hey, Roy, I, as much fun as that was, and your career was so much fun for us with the kickoff return against the Cowboys, 106 yards, and you becoming a receiver after after being a safety and the records that you set, the, the last couple of years were not fun because you knew that there was a pretty good likelihood the team was going to leave and you had the strike season in 87. What, from your standpoint personally, what were those last couple of years here in St. Louis like? You know what? It was, it was very, very difficult. You know, most of us, when we, when you come in then and you know, you know, you're in this community and you have so many people that you're involved with. I had children, you know, that, and there was always a possibility that we might be leaving. You know, it was just back of your head all the time to not to have any idea exactly what was going to happen. And as I said, at that time, I probably was in the league about eight years or so before. So I was really entrenched into the community. I always had great relations with our fans and, and knew so many people and just couldn't think that we were going to be uh, a possibility of leaving. But I did understand that that possibility would happen. You know, we always put 30, 35,000 people guaranteed you're going to get that group every week. Uh, there were greatest fans there were, but for some reason, uh, you needed to fill that stadium to get enough people. Uh, in my ability, I mean, in my thought, that you had to get enough people to make that. Uh, those extra players that we had to need, we just couldn't afford them because all the other teams had big stadiums and they were filling them and they seemed to make it very easy to go and make people. So anyway, uh, at that time, I wasn't really thinking about the, uh, the financials of it. I was just like, man, I'm moving my home. I called it my home. My kids called it my home, everybody else. So it was very difficult to leave and, and get there and, you know, uh, but I will say that I really have loved Arizona. It's been great to me. But St. Louis has always been a special place to me. Still have great friends there. Still call a lot. <laughs> See a lot uh, them. And uh, it, was, it was a very difficult time for everybody. It probably took about two or three years to realize, hey, man, we're not even in St. Louis anymore. <laughs> 
Well, Roy, you're such a, pl- a special player to so many Cardinal fans here in St. Louis. It's been really fun for me since we found out we were going to have you on the show to talk to people about you. I called my dad and told him you were going to be on the show, and he was like, oh, man, no one could cover Roy Green. And we had Mike Claiborne on the show earlier, and he said, ah, oh, he's one of the most dynamic players St. Louis has ever seen. Randy, the same thing. When we talked about having you join us, he's like, he talked about your speed, speed and your size, and people just light up when they talk about watching you play. Is that something that you've been able to understand um, from St. Louis fans is just how much joy that you brought them with, with the way that you played the game? You know what? <clears throat> I loved it. I, I really did love it. And as I said, there was a there was a relationship for me, for some reason, uh, the fans, man, they, they just, they, I, I felt like I was part of them because everywhere I went, people would talk to me. You know, I wasn't, I never had any problems with fans. Uh, everywhere I went in the communities, it seemed like a great time. I mean, I've been, I've been crazy places all over St. Louis. I don't know why, but I was, I was bumping to someone at a game or someone else to be a fan and they would <laughs> invite me to go somewhere. And for some reason at that time, you know, players would never do it now. I'd be gone. I'd be gone. I went to a place in, what was it called? Collinsville. <laughs> Collinsville. They had a place called, I think it was the Horseshoe. Uh, it was a sports fan. And every week those guys, they would have about 10 or 12 that would always come to the Cardinals game. And I would see them and they would scream and acknowledge me. And I said, man, I'm going to go to one of these games, <laughs> one of these uh, 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 nights at, a, <laughs> at the coach. I mean, not the coach, but at the uh Restaurant and I went. Man, had the greatest time, and uh, and and met a couple of them, became friends, and you know that happens up so many times for me in the St. Louis. It was as I said before, it was my community. I felt like I was a part of. It. I was more than Magnolia, Arkansas, where I grew and spent all my time with all my family. That for me, I was more inside inside of St. Louis than anywhere. That's incredible. I can just imagine what it was like for them to have you come hang out with them at the Horseshoe in Collinsville. <laughs> but, Roy, I wanted to ask you, is there a player that you've watched over the past few years that makes you light up when you talk about them or that you love to watch play? As the players now? Yes. I love Julio. I love Julio. I, I really do. Uh, but right now, uh, our quarterback, Murray, it's unbelievable. This kid is, is let me let me first admit, this is probably the first player I missed upon. <laughs> as the draft prior to, I knew that he was good. I didn't think he was as great as he's gonna be. And I just said, ah, you know, he's gonna really good. He'll probably go in the first round and yeah, I understand, but the first overall of the draft, I no way shouldn't be. And, uh, of course, you know, <laughs> I saw him about two days of practice, and I said, wow, <laughs> this guy is unbelievable. His accuracy, uh, of course, he runs a 4-3-40. That helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and he just has some way that when you even speak to him or hear him, this guy is nothing about winning. You know for some some way – He's going to figure a way he's going to win. And he's done some of that over the last couple of years. He's going to get better. 
but he is an expense. He's he's very a special one. But Julio, as I spoke about the receivers, when I first came him out of uh, Alabama, and I spent some time with him, I mentored and worked with him for that particular offseason before he got drafted. And again, one of those guys, when you see him about a week, you know it's something special. And this guy has been. You see what he's done, and I and I, I must say that this season, uh, he just got moved from uh, Atlanta to uh, Tennessee, who, who we're, as the Cardinals, going to play first. It's going to be very difficult for me because we got to beat his butt. <laughs> but <laughs> I think – I think everybody's going to realize that he's been hurt a little bit for the last year and a half. But if he's anywhere close to health, healthy, he's going to be back again as the first best wide receiver in the league. Roy Green, one last thing. I know when you went down there, you uh, got together, you and uh, a group of friends, to play golf. Is that group, and it, was Vince Coleman in that group? You had a group of guys that you played with. Are you still playing, and is that group still playing? <laughs> you know what? I have been injured for the last year, haven't touched the golf in, in that amount of time. I've been hurt, but I must say, within about a few, few weeks, I'll be back kicking their butts again. <laughs> with, with Willard and uh, Ozzy, uh, Charles, oh my gosh, I had to say his name. Yeah. And, and Charles, I'll be kicking those butts again in a, in a few weeks. Love it. Hey, Roy, it's so great to hear your voice. Uh, last time I think I saw you was at the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame induction, and uh, we, we don't see you enough and don't hear from you enough, and I really want to take the opportunity to thank you for coming on with us and reminiscing. It was great. Oh, man, it was great for me. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I love that community. There was a part of me, and make sure if anybody sees uh, uh, Mr. Wallace down there, just give me a hello to him. Bob Wallace, Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, and all of those that I've known, because I'll be there soon, believe it. I'm going to be there very soon so I can come down there and play a little golf. Sounds good, Roy. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a great day. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good one. See ya. That's the great Roy Green on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.